And a very warm welcome on this freezing cold but beautifully sunny morning. I hope you enjoy your time here with us this morning. The prayer group will meet today at the close of the service. Margaret Smallhall? Yeah, in the small hall today because it's too noisy in here and the large halls in the process of being, as you know, decorated. So we'll meet in the small hall at the close of the service. Anybody is welcome to come along. It's not a private group. If you would like to come along for a short time of prayer, then please do so. There will be the service on Thursday as usual at half past ten, and there will be Sunday school as usual this morning. The Kirkgate Messenger, it's come to that time of year when your articles will be due soon, the end of the month, for Elizabeth to put into the next messenger. If you would like to receive the messenger by email, then please let me know. And if you would like to get the messenger posted out to you, then please speak to myself or to Stuart or to Elizabeth. And it costs me to ask you for £9 donation to cover the postage of the messenger throughout the year. The next advertising year also starts in February for The Messenger and Stuart is in the process of trying to source advertisers. So if you know of anybody that might be interested, please let them know or let us know. We're making up the new rota for door duty. If you'd like to help with this, then please speak to myself or to Moira. Moira, do you want to give people a wee wave in case they don't know who you are? Thank you. <laughs> um, if you'd like to be part of that. There will be a short service of communion in South Beach House on Wednesday of this week at 2pm. And it would be lovely to have some extra people to help with the singing. There is no need to let us know that you're coming. Just turn up if you would like, if you're free, on Wednesday at 2 o'clock, South Beach House. The Guild meets on Monday the 22nd, so that's a week tomorrow at 2 o'clock when there will be an entertainment provided by the Garnock Valley Music Group, and all are very welcome to come along to that. 
The Care and Share lunch takes place on Friday at half past 12. I have a pair of gloves that were left in the church last week. Somebody must be missing them. If you think they're yours, then please speak to me at the end. With sadness, I have to announce a death this morning. And it's the death of Mrs. Caroline Ferguson from the North Parish. And the funeral will be held on the 27th of January. We don't have further details of that as yet. Um, by next Sunday, they'll be able to tell you when that funeral is, but it's the 27th of January for Caroline Ferguson. These are all the intimations today. Thank you. Good morning. Uh, for some who are seeing me for the first time, Happy New Year. Um, <clears throat> who can guess how many Sundays to Christmas? <laughs> well, if you're not counting, please go and count. <laughs> uh, the year <clears throat> is, 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 is kicked on, and before you realize it, we'll be talking of Christmas gifts. Um, I think it's that time, some of you probably, you're buying wrapping paper and all that for, for Christmas. Uh, you know, talk of, um, talk of dying, like dying when you're still alive. They, people have told me stories, many stories about how some people, especially men, uh, can die so many times, not or literally of course, uh, yesterday I had that experience and I don't know for some of you if you've had the experience but when you're looking at your children who are so cheerful and you're looking at you're experiencing something that is so painful and you don't want to show them that you are really dead so I went for ice skating for the first time yesterday with the boys, I don't want to say with Saviour because she made it in two steps and then she she couldn't she couldn't keep on. Uh, but it was it was a good experience, um, and that's when I learned that sometimes you pray and pray and pray even over silly things. Um, yeah, but it was a good experience. If you want more, I will tell you more and how many times I fell. I think, I think by now many people in the community and even from somewhere else, they know of this guy who <laughs> fell so many times. We continue in our worship and we are worshiping God. We wait for the word of God to be unrolled to take root, to hold us, to shake us, to surprise us, to call us, and to call us with this good news that Jesus Christ loves you. May our eyes be opened to what it calls us to. But among others, the gospel calls us to reach out to those who are poor, who are captive, who are prisoners, who are blind. So as we wait and as we take part in what God is doing, we stand to sing together, Mine eyes have seen thy glory.
Let's join together in prayer. Let us pray. And this morning's prayer is inspired by a Christian author's work, um, Caitlin Curtis. Oh God, this Sunday morning when we woke to your presence in and around us, we also woke to a hurting and damaged world. And in this world where we often can't make sense of all the things that are wrong and should be made right, we often cannot fathom that people are judged on the colour of their skin, that lives are of less work, worth because their pockets are empty. We can't make sense often that violence is an everyday occurrence, and it seems sometimes that no place is safe. So when we wake to the sunrise and know that you are still good, Teach us what it means to seek goodness when the world can be dark. Oh God, teach us what it means to live in grace, not just for ourselves, but for all of us. We have been individuals for a long time, and in that individualism, we can forget how to hold each other in our arms. We need to return again to a love that holds together communities your love. And in that returning, we find that you're always bringing us back, not to a world in which we do not see dividing lines, but into a world which we see it and believe that your sacred love is the imprint on everyone and everything that we see. Teach us these truths as we say the words that you taught us together. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not to temptation, but deliver us from evil. Thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory forever. Amen. So, I've got a question for some of the younger folks and um, perhaps some of the older folks or the folks who are young at heart could answer this too. So I'm going to go right. I'm going to ask, is there a name of a person that you can think of in your own mind who you absolutely trust, who's a great companion to you and is always there by your side? So is there anyone that you can think of that's a great companion to you, a great friend to you, and they're always there by your side? Give me a wee show of hands if you can think of someone at all. Oh, excellent. Now, me and this microphone aren't friends, so let's, let's see how we go. God. We've, we've got the answer almost instantly. We've got the answer of God. I was leading up to that one, but that's a great answer. That's a smashing answer. Um, so that's a brilliant answer. Oh, excellent. My gran. Your gran. That is a fantastic answer. Um, what a good answer. And um, that's the kind of answer that can get you rewarded later on, I'm sure, as well, isn't it? Um, fantastic. Any other answers from anywhere? A great companion or friend that we can think of? No, we, we've got some great answers there. So I've got a couple of images that are going to appear on the screen for us, and I'm going to need some help from some of the younger folks in particular. 
And I'm going to ask you to look at these duos for you. So I'm going to show you a person, and then I'm going to show you um, them by themselves, and I'm going to ask you if you can think for me <laughs> who their friend or who their sidekick might be. So who might their friend or their sidekick be? Excellent, we've got an answer down here. Go for it. Patrick, excellent. Let's see if you're right. Let's see the next slide. Yeah, next one. Fantastic, you're right. There's SpongeBob and Patrick. So that is a great duo there. Uh, so well done. We've got the answer straight away. Let's see another one. Mario. Mario, brilliant. Let me go to the folks at the back then. So what's Mario's sort of companion? Who's, who's Mario's sort of double act? Who do you think? Princess Peach is a great guess. That might be a better guess than the one I gave, but it's not what I was looking for there. Mario again. Mario and Mario. Um, it's another great guess. Luigi. Luigi is the one I'm looking for. Those were two great guesses. Well done, but the one I was looking for was Luigi. So you can see Mario and Luigi, a companion, a duo that is really well thought of. Let's go for the next one. So can we name this one? Oh, we've got more answers down here. Brilliant. <laughs> Who have we got? This microphone doesn't like me, by the way. Who's that one up there? The one with flat. The one with flat. Yes. Who is he? Can you remember his name at all? No, no that's okay, don't worry. Buzz. Buzz, yeah, so it's Buzz Lightyear. And who's Buzz Lightyear's companion? Who's he always with? Woody, absolutely brilliant. Let's see if you're right. You're absolutely spot on. And I think I might have one last one if I remember rightly. Okay, do we know that one? You're, you're getting all the answers today. Go for it. It's R2-D2 and you've actually given the answer of who his companion is before he even asked. So that's brilliant. So R2-D2 and his companion there is C-3PO. Fantastic. So you've got some really good answers there. You've managed to find some famous duos there. And these people have got really good sidekicks along with them. And when you think of one, you think of the other. And maybe this is what it's like for you in school, or maybe this is what it's like for you in your working life or in your life in general. At school, sometimes I was asked, is your sidekick with you today about one of my friends? And they'd maybe say things like, where's your shadow today? Because there's the two of you that are always joined together. And then occasionally they would say, are you two joined at the hip? And do you know what that means? That means are you two sort of joined together? Um, is what the teachers would sometimes say about me and one of my friends. Is that the two of you there? Are you saying that? Okay, that's good. But what makes a really good companion? So what makes a really good duo, a really good friendship couple? Well, it might be someone who's trustworthy. So it might be someone that you can trust always. And it might be someone who asks you to join with them in whatever you're doing. So they're always kind, and if they're playing a game or something, or doing something, they join with you. And it might be someone who you can always go to with a problem. And you can always say to them, I've got this problem, can I talk to you? And that could make a really good companion as well. Or it might be someone that's got sweets. 
That makes it a great companion. That makes the best companion of all, doesn't it? That makes the best companion ever, I think. Um, someone who's always got sweets. Well, there's someone else who's always a companion for us in our lives. So in our lives, we have a companion of God. And God is with us throughout our lives. God might not have a packet of sweets physically there, but God walks with us through our lives. And God walks our side. He's the one that is joined to our hip. He's the one that is trustworthy. He's the one who we can talk to when we have problems. And whether we're young or whether we're older, whether life is difficult or whether life is easy, whether we're rich or poor or big or small, God always wants to walk by your side in good times and bad times. So this week, as we look into this week, because sometimes we get great weeks and sometimes we get tricky weeks. Sometimes it's not a fair world. Sometimes it's a random world. But God walks with us regardless of what the world's like for us this week coming up. He walks with us hand in hand and he loves you and he holds you close. Let's sing together of that love and we are singing, um, we are marching in the light of God. And thank you for all your help there. Please be seated. 
we're going to give our offering to God and for the work of God. I can see the children already leaving to Sunday school. Um, let's give as we offer ourselves and our gifts to God. Generous God, we don't give because you make us to give. We don't give because anyone else is watching. We give because we are grateful. And we, be, we give because we want to be part of the work of your kingdom in every way we can. Jesus reminds us in the temple that the way our money helps or hurts others matters to you. And so we ask that this money would help your reign in this world as your kingdom get to be extended from one place to another. We pray a special blessing in Jesus' name. Lord, as we prepare our hearts, we pray that you accept us as we are. And you help us to accept your word. Silence in us any voices but your own. So that we may hear your word and also do it through Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Amen. Amen. So few people have said to me last week, Nigel, that was a bit complicated. And I thought, true. So I'm going to give you <clears throat> last week's sermon in three minutes. I'll try. 
Last week we looked at Noah being invited by God into the ark. That story, we have heard about it, is a real story of what God did with Noah and his family. And we know for sure that Noah tried by all means to invite other people to come along, help him and work with him. And nobody except his own family responded to that call that he was making. Now, one of the most amazing things that I pointed out last week was this. It was God who said to Noah, come in. So in other words, God wasn't it. The idea of building the ark was God's idea. And I also pointed out last week that so often people take for granted the fact that grace has already been given way before, you know, Jesus came. Grace was given by God. And in the story of Noah, we actually see the grace of God. Nothing else saved Noah except the grace of God. I also said, when you look at the story of how God saved Noah and his family in the Old Testament, it gives you a bigger picture. It's not just a metaphor. It gives us a bigger picture of how we are saved today. In the Old Testament, Jesus saved Noah and his family. But in the New Testament, Jesus Christ saves all. And part of the sermon last week was to say, when you look at the size of the ark, it was big enough to accommodate, accommodate everyone. The cross is for all. It can accommodate all of us. Therefore, take heed of this invitation to come in. At least four out of ten you could give me. That was the sermon from last week. So we started a series in which we are seeing invitations in the Bible. And today we are turning to one of my favorite books. I was saying to somebody uh, this morning, the book of Numbers is, a, is one of my favorites. Uh, it's not the best for many of us, but when you get a glimpse into grace upon grace that you see in the book of Numbers, you will read it. As a reminder to me and my wife, we have named our, our, our son, our firstborn, Dewell. It actually comes from the book of Numbers. Uh, in the very chapter we are reading, in chapter 10, verse 20, you actually see Dewell there. And I think on a different day when I come back to a series on the book of Numbers, I will share with you some of the beautiful things that you see. Because we think numbers are not important. Get to see how many of us get agitated when we, we are robbed of a pound or 10 pence. That's how it is. So we turn to the book of Numbers and today we are reading a very short story and Numbers chapter 10 and we're reading from verse 29 
through to 32. Over to you, Graham. Reading from Numbers 10, 29. Moses said to his brother-in-law, Hobab, the son of Jethro, the Midianite, we are about to start out for the place which the Lord said he would give us. He has promised to make Israel prosperous, so come with us and we will share our prosperity with you. Hobab answered, no, I'm going back to my native land. Please don't leave us, Moses said. You know where we can camp in the wilderness and you can be our guide. If you come with us, we will share with you all the blessings that the Lord gives us. Thanks be to God. We stand to sing to, together 374 from heaven you came.
Please be seated. I don't know about you, but whenever I think of the idea of God, who is all-powerful, to think of me or to think of you, to come and join him in what he does, that's really out of this world for me. Maybe it's because I do that self-introspection so often I realize that I'm not worthy. But for God to invite me, for God to invite you to join him in anything, it's something big. Last week we heard, for those who are not here, you've heard. This week we are looking at an invitation made by Moses. An invitation to be a companion together with God. Here is the context. Israel is at the foot of Mount Sinai. And you may remember that at Mount Sinai, they were given the Ten Commandments, which were given through Moses to the entire nation. And you also remember that besides receiving the law, they also received instructions on how to build a tabernacle for God. And they learned as well how to worship God. Now they are breaking camp. They are heading towards Canaan. And before they leave, Moses takes the time to invite Hobab, as we heard from the reading. And he is saying to this man, come with us. Now in these verses, you find something very profound for church goers, for church people, or for non-church people, or for people sometimes who feel like, no, I cannot relate with church. By the way, I'm not talking of church building. I'm, not, I'm relating to church. Church are people. So verse 29, I will read it again. Now, Moses said to Hobab, the son of Ruel, the Midianite, Moses' father-in-law, we are setting out for the place of which the Lord said, I'll give to you. And then he says, come with us and we will treat you well. Do you hear those words? For the Lord has promised good things to Israel. In short, Moses is saying some very profound words here to Hobab. He's saying, come share in our pilgrimage. We have got a great pilgrimage before us and something that we have been that makes us who we are. He's also saying, we are a special people a chosen people by God. We have been redeemed. We have been chosen out of many. God has chosen us. This is who we are. And because of this, because of the fact that we are redeemed, because of the fact that we are chosen, and because of the fact that God has good plans for us, Hobah, come with us. Secondly, Moses is saying, come with us and we will treat you well. 
one of the mod great motivations for Hobab to come. Come with us. We will treat you well. And he added, For the Lord has promised good things to us, Israel. Come with us to a special place we are going to. It's a land of blessing and victory. Now, does that sound like the gospel in 2024 to you? So many times people say to me, Nigel, it's very hard to get to convince people to come along with us to God. He is a strategy for us. We are also headed to a special place. It is not a land of milk and honey for us, but it is a land of peace. It is a land of joy. It is a land where there will, no be, will not be any sin anymore. It is a land of blessing where no one who have problems, afflictions will be left away from us. It's a place called heaven. And it is promised to us as children of God. So what Moses is saying and what we ought to be saying to other people is this. Come with us on our journey to heaven. Because heaven is the place where God himself will wipe away all our tears from our eyes. There will be no more death in that place. There will be no more grief or crying. There will be no more pain. The old things will be gone. Moses is also saying to Hobab, this is a special privilege. It's a privilege. Hobab is not part of that people. He's not part of the, the children of Israel. He's not part of the covenant community of Israel. And he is not part of the promises God has given to Israel. So Moses is saying, what a privilege we have, or I have as Moses, to invite you in. It's a privilege. So he says, come with us. In fact, when you come with us, what belongs to us will also belong to you. Come with us. And by the way, before I forget this point, it's your privilege, it's your honor as a Christian to say to other people who are not part of the covenant community, you can say to them, come. But you better be able, you better be in a position where you are able to say, you know what, this is what you're coming to. What do you say to people? One of the things you could say to people is, look at me, I'm the worst. You've been friends, you've been a pal to me. I don't have my act together, but I've been loved. You can also be loved. That kind of invitation is what we are going to be doing in 2024. And in case you, you miss the point, if I had, I don't have money with me, but if I had 100 pounds with me, 100 pounds, and I give five people 20 pounds, we are in numbers, we need to deal with numbers, 
If I've got 100 pounds and I give it to five people, I give each 20 pounds. 20 times five is 100. How much will I be left with? Speak up. Nothing. Nothing. That's with money. When it comes to the invitation that we're making to other people to come, if I share my faith and invite someone who does not know Jesus and I say to them, come in, you lose nothing. It's not like the 100 pound where if you give something, you're left with nothing. In other words, this challenge to us is a challenge that is coming to us where we lose nothing. In fact, we gain everything. That's what is happening here. It's more of a privilege. It is also not only a privilege, by the way, it's an obligation for us. So it's a privilege to share the gospel of Jesus, but it's also an obligation. We must, we must share this good news of what we have received, the fact that we have been picked and we have been chosen to be part of God's family. So that's the point number one that I want to stress on from this passage. What else did Moses say? Moses is saying, come share in our partnership. Join our family. Come with us. Hobab is not, I've said this already, he's not part of Israel. He's outside the covenant community and the relation. He does not have a relationship with God. In other words, he's a lost man. He's cut off from all the blessings and privileges, all the promises that Moses and the Israelites were given. He has no hope for salvation. Hobab has no hope for salvation. But Moses, the invitation that Moses gives out to Hobab becomes something that allows Hobab to inherit what he did not deserve. <coughs> in other words, Moses is saying, come join in our fellowship. We will do you good, he has said. Moses is telling Hobab, if you will come with us, we will treat you right. God is blessing us. We know that. We have seen that. We have seen the hand of God throughout our lives. Come with us. We won't hurt you, but we'll do our best to be a blessing to you. In reality, Moses is saying two things to Hobab. Number one, he's saying, you need us. If Hobab wants to be saved and enjoy the blessing of the Lord, then he is going to have to go with Israel. Otherwise, he's not part of the blessing. That's the first thing he's saying. But the second other thing which you find on verse 31, it's almost like he's saying, we need you. Moses is saying, Hobab, you need us. But Hobab, we need you. The desert was Hobab's home territory. He knew where the best campsites were located. He knew where the best trails could be found. He knew where all the watering holes were. And Moses said, we will be a blessing to you and you will be a blessing 
to us, come with us. Do you know that the world, people in the world, people who have no relationship with Jesus, we need them. Do you know that? We do need them. We do need them. They need us more, but we need them. <laughs> so here's the challenge for us today. If you think we are, we are good enough on our own, we're not. We need the people who are outside. We need to, the bigger picture is this. We gain less from them. They gain more, but we need them. You may ask, why do people need us in the first place? Let me start with us. The, the church should be able, when I say the church, I'm, I'm referring to men and women. The church should be able to offer people something they cannot find anywhere, anywhere in the world. Some few things that, I, that come to mind and of course that are given in the Bible. One, the church should be able to give or offer someone who genuinely cares for people. In other words, as a church, as church in 2024, we should be people who are genuinely loving in such a way that people would say, you go in the world, you don't find it. But of course, unfortunately, it's turning the other way around. People will tell you that, oh, I'm better off without the church. It's a pain. Secondly, someone who will help them carry their burdens. In Galatians 6 verse 2, we hear that. To be able, Paul says we need to be able to carry each other's burdens. Do we do that in the church? Or in the world, people do that better. So this is why people need the church. Whether or not the church is living up to its standard is a different thing. Another thing that the church should be able to say, we can do better. You know, we know, the church knows what is called agape kind of love. Agape kind of love is love without a condition. I don't love you because you're my neighbor. That's not agape kind of love. Agape kind of love is love where we say, I will love you whether you're a good person or you're a bad person. I'll keep loving you. The church should be able to offer that to the world. And then the world will look out and say, I want to be part of the church. So in other words, I'm saying there's far more that people should find in the church. They should find fellowship. They should find acceptance. They should find a family. I can at least attest to that. I don't have many family members in Scotland. And I can tell you that I've got a family in the church. At least that's one tick box. We should be able to say to every person who wants to unite with us as a church, we will do you good. Now here is something that I want you to go out with today and the many days to come. Go out and tell people in the world who don't know what church is, who don't know what a relationship with God looks like, go tell them that come with us 
and we will do you good. Just tell them that. Far too many churches are in the business of hurting people. That's not what I want to encourage you with. Church people, church members, or the real church, which are people, are often in the business of doing all sorts of things. But can we go back to the heart of what it means to be called out by God, to be part of the covenant community of God? So why do we need them? You may ask. When God saves a sinner, when God gives a sinner life, he gives that person his spirit. <clears throat> and along with the spirit of God comes spiritual gifts. And along those spiritual gifts comes something amazing, something that we can do with in the church. The gifts that people have been given by God. And I want to urge you, as I move to my last point, I want to urge you that you don't take people for granted. We need them because they've got gifts. Some of the gifts, you know, there are some people who are so gifted, who are out there in the world, what, that when they come into this church building, they can convert this church building to be amazing. And that's only possible because we invite them to come. Can we as a church honestly say, come with us and we will do the good? Or must we say, come with us and we will hold you back as we have been doing in the past? Come with us and we will prevent you from reaching your greatest potential. Come with us and we will make you wish you had never joined the church. No, that's not what we want to be. We want to be an inviting church. We want to be a church where, which says to one another we have a privilege to be invited. It's a privilege and because it's a privilege, I'll treat it, treat it as such. And I'll treat the other person and, and other people and allow them to use their gifts. Some people are not good at talking. They act. And that's what we need as a church. The third thing that Moses says to Hobab is this. He says, come share in our promises. Come share in our promises. Come share the promise of a home. Just as the wilderness was not the final destination for Israel, this world is not our final destination. And let me just refresh your memories just a little bit. The land we are looking forward to is a land of worship. In Revelations, <clears throat> we are told it is a land where the redeemed ones will praise the Redeemer. This is what we are looking forward to, a time when we will praise together. So when we are inviting people, we are saying to them, come and share with us because we are going to have a home. Our Lord Jesus Christ said, let your heart not be troubled. I'm going to the Father and in my Father's house there are many rooms. This is a land of wonders. <clears throat> Words cannot begin to describe that kind of city or place we are heading towards. It's going to be a lovely place that is surrounded with gold and all things that you can think of. And 
There we will be brothers and sisters. Those of us who, who are not capable of running anymore, you will run when we get there. And you will smile when you get there because no more pain, nothing more to worry about. This is the land we are looking forward to, the land of wellness. There will be no tears, no pain, no suffering, no sickness, no death in that land. So Moses says, come share the promise of hope. Verse 29 shows there is hope for tomorrow. The Lord himself has promised us that there are better things down there to come. There will be a day of rest. How many of you are sick and tired of of working hard? There will be a time when you, you will just be still and you're not working anymore. You're resting in the, in the presence of God. There will be a day of reunion. Some of you, you wish you could be reunited with people that have gone before you. And there will be a time when we are reunited and you talk, talking stories of what you did in the last times you've, you've, you've been around. And they've been gone and you start sharing and they get to say to you, oh, wait, you have not seen a lot. Children, this place is nice. There will be a day of reward. Some of you have been toiling and, and doing quite a lot when nobody else is watching. And you do keep working hard. You do keep doing many things when people are not watching. A day will come, friends, when people would be told what you have done. And God will reward you and say, well done, faithful servant. There will come a time when you are resting in the presence of God and God will say, you, when you did this, at some point I thought you would not make it, I thought you would not do it, but look at you, girl, look at your boy. Oh, well done, you've done well. And this is exactly what I wanted you to do. And when, when people, when God would look at what you have done and you say, oh, you even went on to invite your neighbor, we so nasty to you. Oh, you did went on to pray for him or for her. Oh, you did this and that. This is how it could look like for us. So we are journeying towards glory. And we are also certain of the many things that will come along. But as we are in the journey, in case you forget, let me tell you three other things and then I will conclude. In case you forget, as Moses is saying to Hobab, come with us, there's something that he knows that Hobab doesn't know. And what Moses knows is this, God will sustain us along this way. He will provide us with manna. He will provide us with the meat that we'll cry for. He will sanctify us. We do not have to be tired. He will sanctify us. He will enable us to be different. He will satisfy us. You know, there are times when you're not satisfied. You eat food, it's not really good enough for you. But Moses, as he's saying to this, to Hobah, he's saying to him, come with us. As we are on this journey, sustenance will come. Sanctification will come. The pr we will be secure. We will be satisfied. So, the invitation 
that we deal with, we deal, we dealt with today, is the one that God is making through Moses, as Moses is inviting someone like him who was not deserving, and he said, "Come with us, come with us to heaven. If you are not saved, come to Jesus and be saved. Come with us." As we serve the Lord, he will bless you and he will make his face to shine upon you. That's our second invitation. We sing together our next hymn, 530, 5.30. Draw near to God in prayer, shall we pray together? 
Loving God, we come before you with hearts open to your guidance and grace as we continue in this new year. We seek to broaden the circle of your kingdom, to let it increase in our words and acts, in our dreams and prayers. We ask for strength and courage to follow Christ more closely, to deepen our commitment to living in ways that are pleasing to you but not taking away the fact that every day you will continue to teach us and to, to be patient with us. We lift up to you those who are struggling, those who are facing challenges and obstacles on their journey. May they find comfort in knowing that they are not alone. May they draw strength from your love and your presence. Grant them the resilience to preserve, to persevere, and to preserve their faith and hope to see the brighter side in days ahead of us. We also pray for others in our communities and beyond who are in need of your healing touch. May those who are suffering find relief. May those who are lost find their way back to you. O oh Lord, grant us companion and empathy to reach out to those in need, the wisdom to offer support and solace in meaningful ways. Lord, as we seek to renew our communities, our commitment to you, may we be mindful of the foundation of justice and grace and belonging. We are asking for your guidance and empowerment. Help us to be agents of positive change, to speak out against injustice, to work towards creating a world where all are valued and respected. Loving God, in this time of fresh starts and belonging, may we be blessed with the gifts of hope and renewal and unity. May we be the instruments of your blessing in the world reaching out to those beyond our normal circles and embracing the great diversity of your kingdom. Shake us out of complacency. Shake us out of prejudice. Shake us out of fear. Renew in us a spirit of trust, <clears throat> a spirit of hope and harmony. In accepting the invitation to come to heaven, we also acknowledge the challenge that comes with it. We recognize that following Christ requires dedication. It requires sacrifice and a willingness to step out of our comfort zones. May we embrace this challenge with open hearts and steadfast faith, knowing that your grace will sustain us, your love will guide us, towards transformative hearts that are following you. Oh Lord, right now, there are people who are listening, who are not well, who are not managing, who are sick, 
the blood of Jesus Christ that heals our wounds. The blood of Jesus Christ that touches people even right now. Lord, I pray for your Holy Spirit to touch and heal right away. In the name of Jesus Christ, who still heals today, who still touches today. Lord, reach out to your people right now. I pray we are the righteousness of God through Christ Jesus. I pray that, Lord, you touch us and heal us. Lord, if possible right now, I pray. If possible right now that it will be gone and gone for good because you're in that business, in your resurrected form, to just reach out to your people, to your children, and touching them and healing them and making everything mend. Father, empower those who are powerless, those who can't speak because of something that is wrong in the name of Jesus Christ. Thank you for healing, Lord. Thank you for touching your people. All this we pray for and ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Onward, Christian soldiers.
forgiven child of God you are cherished may you go in peace go in the knowledge that you are treasured by God himself you are a companion with Jesus within this journey forever accompanied by the Holy Spirit the blessing of God the Father Son and the Holy Spirit